Welcome to the 80th episode of the Pen Positive Podcast. This is your host Vinod Narayan and finally finally we have left behind the daily podcasting exercise and we have entered into what is going to be the weekly podcasting. But what's going to change? Nothing is going to change because we are just moving from a daily podcasting schedule to a weekly podcasting schedule but it's still going to be the kind of journal you know when i used to do the daily podcasting i used to call it the daily podcasting journal right now i'm probably going to call it the pen positive podcast i'm just going to say this is what the active learning journal you must have heard the earlier podcast that I, that i did of uh, what an active learning is all about it is learning something consuming content reading watching movies listening to music with an intent to learn and that is active learning for me so what happened this week is what we're going to cover this week sounds pretty straightforward right because you're not going to probably if it's a weekly podcast you're probably not going to cover what is going to happen next week you're going to cover what happened last week So I'm recording this on a Sunday and the time here is around 4:22 p.m. and I just returned back I uh, we all got our uh, two vaccinations all covid vaccinated except uh, our son who is 14 years old he got his first dose of Pfizer vaccine today so he is also going to get vaccinated uh, probably the next dose is on June 6th So what is going to be different in this series of weekly podcast What is going to be different is it's going to be longer I would have probably gone through a lot more stuff over the week which I want to talk to you We would touch upon the movies that I watched we would touch upon the book that I probably read and finished and we will talk about some questions that uh, came into my mind or someone asked me We'll also share some podcasts that i heard or listened to over the past week and then we will get into a poetry so i don't know how long this is going to take but it's going to be more than the usual 6 minutes 10 minutes for sure so without uh, any delay let us jump into the podcast if you want to get in touch with me One way you can do that is follow me on social media Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere at penpositive or you can send me an email at penpositive@gmail.com. So, 3 days back I got a question from someone. So the person asked me, "Do you want to be a product manager?" And I thought uh, that's pretty late in career to be asking a question whether I wanted to be a product manager. And then I thought about it why is it that uh, someone is asking that So I've been a product manager about 10 years back and um, then I decided to move away from product management and decided to follow the path of being an agile practitioner I was more keen on more than on the product side I was more keen on the process side and I decided that would be the right way and it also gives me a lot of uh, opportunity to interact with individuals and that really uh, i think that's something that i really thrived as an individual and so working with the team this whole concept of servant leadership that's something that i love 
So for people who are listening to the podcast and who don't understand what a product manager is, it means exactly what that is. Product manager. You manage a product. And product can be, in most cases, at least in the industry that I work, which is the software industry, it's a software product. And if you want to compare that with an organization, so if you have a company and you have a CEO, this is like being the CEO of the product. So you decide where is the product heading for. You decide or you plan and you have the vision for the product. You create the product roadmap. You know what is going to be the product's uh, vision for the next uh, next probably two years or one year. And then you break it down into what you're going to build in a quarter level. And then you build those features on, on a sprint, every sprint, two weeks or something. That uh, So that's what product management is all about. Now, when I spoke about sprint, you know what I did during the daily uh, daily podcasting journal when I was doing that? See, in, in the agile world, what we do is we, we run these sprints. Sprints are like these iterations. You have one week to four week iterations that you do. And for me, the daily podcasting journal was sprints. But it was not one to two one to four weeks it was a single day sprint or single day iteration so every day i would iterate the podcast try to do new things and try to figure out what are the things that i need to do and that's that's what i did and now the only thing that really has changed is that i moved that iteration i i changed that iteration cycle from one day to one week which means i'm still going to keep iterating keep changing keep trying new things and and that's that's how it is because if you if you stick on to a format and you keep doing that then after some time you really get bored so i don't want to do that so coming back to this product manager question so i was thinking that if that question was asked to me a uh, few years back not not few years about 15 years back 16 years back then that would have really made a difference i would have said that okay right maybe i want to go in that direction but I, 16 years back, I was running my own business. I was doing a lot of things. And over time, what I've become is a generalist. When I say generalist, I don't really... And this was biggest challenge that I was having that you don't fit into a title. Now, let me let me explain that a bit. So in organizations, if you if you look at organizations, there are titles, right? Some organizations are heavy on product manager titles. Some organizations are more heavy on program manager, project manager kind of uh, titles. And so this was one reason why the person reached out to me because they had uh, some opportunity within the organization and that person had worked with me. The person had uh, had seen me work uh, in multiple capacities as a program manager, as an agile coach, as a scrum master, and at times even acting as a product manager. Now, since the organization was more heavily dependent on product managers and uh, that was what the structure of titles were, the person thought that if I could project myself as a product manager, then that would be a good thing for my career. And uh, I did not have an answer because I did not really think about it. I was thinking that my being a generalist was adding a lot of value when I am doing consulting. And... When you are looking for a permanent job, obviously, what you've been doing is that very focused from a career perspective really matters. Because if you're a generalist, 
you can do extremely well on consulting for example i am a journalist i've been a product manager i've done program management i've done agile coaching i've done scrum master i worked in a range of uh, domains not specifically on one domain alone uh, in my career i've worked on marketing i've worked on sales i've worked on uh, content management i've worked on learning management systems i have worked on ad tech products banking and uh, so those have been the maybe retail is something that i have not worked on and uh, so so these have been my domains that i've worked on and uh, so as a consultant it makes you makes you well fit to go and get into a job and deliver something pretty fast pretty quickly because you are not worried about what's going to happen in your career are you on the right title are you bothered about uh, who is reporting to you or who you reporting to do you so i don't have any of those worry and since i'm doing consulting I, my focus is purely on the work i just don't have to bother about any of the things that happens to me and that feels good but there is a lack of security because you know if you are in contract uh, you don't get uh, you go you don't get medicare benefits you don't get long term benefits and then uh, and people like to work in an organization as a full timer rather than consulting so that is a, another i'm thinking should i be should i be probably taking that and uh, going in that direction or not now one of the things that i do very well which i realized and and why i'm telling you all these is because when a question comes to us it makes us think we start thinking about many things that happen to us in a career and we try to figure out where do we really fit and and when this one of the things that i know that i do very well is that if you take me and put me in a place which is very ambiguous things are very disorganized things are not happening on, on time then i can get into there i can squeeze myself in start talking to people try to understand what the problem is repurpose some of the activities try to tweak the process try to make life better try to see where things are uh, being redundant and efficiency is not well and then over a period of time you will slowly start seeing that there are things that used to be impediments and blocks within this whole chain of activity and now things are kind of moving into a good flow that's what i do well now where do i put my title in doing that can i say that i am a person who can be put in any ambiguous disorganized situation because for that first people have to accept that things are disorganized right how will how will and many many times people won't do that right so sorry about that so uh, that is the challenge so i thought we see my role as a agile practitioner or scrum master or agile um agile, sometimes it's agile program manager and this titles keep changing in organization in some organizations you can see the technical architect playing the role of product manager you can see the product manager being also the program manager you can see a project manager being a scrum master a scrum master being a project manager or anything like that and i currently consult as a scrum master because that gives me an idea of uh, uh, not just an idea it gives me the pleasure of working with teams independent teams and 
it also helps me work with not just one but multiple teams so currently i work with three different teams helping them um, kind of scale their scrum helping them navigate through the scrum ceremonies try to do things properly and then we use jira and everything so that's all uh, on the on the product manager stuff because i know people who are probably listening to this podcast not all of them come from the tech industry so i am sorry but i just wanted to take that one question and just rant about it for some time but why is it important because questions comes to us in different ways it might be something that we read it might be something that we came up in our mind it might be something that someone asked us but when questions comes to us we have to take time to really think through i have not found an answer for this question i did not give that person an answer i said that i need to think about it and now that's what i have to do for a week probably try to think for the pros and cons and kind of come up is that what i really want if that's what i want what does it take what is it that i would uh, i would be missing that i would be lacking in my skills to do a great job if i'm going to be taking up that title because whatever i am doing currently i'm pretty much doing it well and i get abreast with what is happening but it's a it's a it's a heavy experience loaded activity that i do i'm not saying that product management is not that but since product management is also a very experience driven activity and i have not been in that role for the past 10 years and at this stage at this stage of my career if i want to decide to go into the role of product management is that worth it is that something that i want is that something i can take and then be successful in it so these are the things that will come to my mind when i get a question like this so so if you're just starting your career and you you're kind of looking at okay it's an agile organization what should i be a scrum master or a product manager so if you got a product bent if you can actually chase building a product for a long period of time because sometimes you might build a product for a period of 6 months to 1 year even though you would have small releases that will come every 2 weeks you have to have the strong vision of building something that works for a customer or for a for a group of customers and that needs a different bend of mind and there is a dearth of real good product managers in the market so you currently have product managers who are really good and you also have a lot of product managers who stepped into the role of product manager because that's where the market is so if you really want to be focusing on the tech industry i think product management would be a great rewarding career the only reason is that product managers definitely would get paid more than a scrum master which is me so you want to get paid more than me be a product manager and be good at it and that doesn't mean that scrum masters don't get paid but obviously being a scrum master i've kind of tipped topped on the on the career path you know i don't now it's just uh, whether i want to just stop doing scrum master activity and only focusing on coaching and training that's a choice i have to make but other than that scrum masters senior scrum master if it's a safe environment you have this rt release train engineer and all those things and you can go in that direction but that's all that's all tech and uh, process stuff uh, most of the questions that would come to me every week would be associated with this so we might talk about this now 
let me take a note of something over here because what i want to do as we as we publish this or as i publish this podcast is i am going to touch on various topics so i want to put a time stamp on when each of these topics are going to start and end so that helps people to just dive straight into the topic that interests them because this is going to be a long podcast and i don't think any of you would be uh, would be interested I, and i'm not saying that you won't be interested but there is a possibility that you would like to dive deep into what interests you in this whole podcast so i just want to do that so i just wanted to take a note and say that this is a point where i end what product manager question i had next what i did was i listened to a podcast that i wanted to talk to you about so this is a podcast called people i mostly admire that was that is by steven levitt steven levitt if you know if you have read free economics steven levitt and steven dubner wrote the book free economics which was freaking popular at that time so since free economics was the book now they have the free economics radio in which they have a range of podcasts like the free economics uh, podcast they have the no stupid questions that steven dubner in conversation with angela duckworth who wrote uh, grit and they have another one that i started listening to is called uh, sudhir breaks the internet which is about internet and um, sudhir i i forget his last name who who did a lot of research working with uh, gangs in chicago he's a sociologist and he used to work with uh, facebook and he has this podcast which talks about uh, about internet and uh, his times at twitter and uh, facebook and how these these platforms and these companies and how we use this social media so that's something that interests me so i listen to that podcast so this podcast people i mostly admire is done by steven levin and in that podcast he has a conversation with daniel kahneman daniel is the author of thinking fast and slow if you remember that nobel prize winner he is considered as the person who pioneered the concept of behavioral economics and he has a new book coming which is called noise so uh, that's a book that i have uh, already put on hold in the library and waiting for it to be released i think it is going to be released in june so the conversation with daniel was is always every conversation every interview that you listen to of daniel with whoever it is is fascinating and there's always something that you want to you want to take home so in this uh, in this podcast daniel was talking about his collaborator i forget his name so he and his collaborator came to the us i think uh, uh, just before 2000 uh, i think in the late 90s and he was saying that uh, when he came here his collaborator uh, he felt got undue name and fame for the work that they have been pursuing and doing but then his uh, collaborator died and then over the next uh, 15 20 years daniel uh continued the work that they had started he got a nobel prize he wrote thinking fast and slow which was a which was a mammoth book and then now he's writing noise and because his collaborator was not alive all the name and fame associated with the work that they started 
came to Daniel. And what Daniel was saying in the podcast is, you know, I feel bad for it, is what he said. Because initially when I came to US, I felt that he was getting all the name and fame. But then he died. And then I, I always, whenever I talk, I want to make sure that I give credit to him so that, and I forget the name of the collaborator. I'm extremely sorry. Um, you can you can listen to the podcast, which is the latest uh, uh, episode uh, of People I Mostly Admire by Stephen Levitt. Daniel Kahneman's uh, another another interview that I listened to years ago and this was about he was talking about he doesn't talk a lot about his childhood where he he was in Nazi Germany and he has seen a lot of things that he probably don't want to discuss now but he tells a story about uh, when he was 7 years old it was when the curfew had started and he had not reached home and uh, this was uh, during the nazi period and he so when it is curfew time and you're left outside what you do first is that you take your sweater and wear it uh, inside out so that the star sign is not shown so it doesn't recognize that uh, no one can recognize that you're a jew and uh, that's just to just to go unnoticed and move and go fast into your house so when he was walking there was a there was a ss officer who was walking towards him and uh, he froze there he didn't know what to do a 7 year old kid so the ss officer walks towards him picks him up gives him a hug and then puts him down and gives him a coin and walks away now years later daniel is mentioning this in an interview and he is telling that you know you never know how people think maybe that person maybe daniel reminded him of uh, his sound son and even when people do so much atrocities there is there is a human in them there are there's a father in them there's a kid in them there are they understand relationship but then sometimes they end up acting in such a way that they can you cannot even you cannot even think that they are human you cannot even think that they have the kind of human emotions that we probably have we all have a lot of multitudes and uh, that's one so whenever you listen to daniel having a conversation one of the things that you would know is that there is something that you will definitely pick from what daniel says now another thing that i did this week was i watched a movie on netflix i watched a few movies but one movie specifically that i want to tell you guys is nayat nayat in malayalam means hunt so it's a it's a movie about three police officers and two incidents that happen two incidents that happen one after the other in a close time that completely changes their life and they completely changes their life and they become the hunted so i don't want to get into more details about what the movie is but that is a movie if you got chance if you've got netflix one movie that you should watch don't worry that it is in malayalam because i think we have come a long way and we don't really bother about the language of the f- cinema right now we have the subtitles 
and also the language of cinema just like music has become universal so watch the movie nayatu and uh, there's a lot of silence there's a lot of subtle actions and uh, you'll enjoy the movie it's a it's a great movie you watch it and that's one recommendation this week for what to watch on netflix i just completed reading the book the hype machine by sinan aral sinan aral is a professor in nyu i first heard about sinan aral in a, another podcast which will, which is a podcast called the brave new world by wasant thar and he is also a nyu professor sinan's colleague probably and the book hype machine he was uh, so sinan came into wasanthar's uh, the new uh, the brave new world podcast and he was talking about social media and hype machine and that's when i said okay right i hear this guy talking and i want to read hype machine and what sinan has to talk about it so in hype machine the book your sinan is traversing the social media or the hype machine with a question is it a peril or is it a promise and throughout the book he is giving us a lot of pointers facts taking us through this whole process of trying to understand whether it is peril or promise and he i think he ends the book from what i understand is that there is a peril there is a promise now it depends on how you look at it for me while reading the book what came to my mind is responsibility responsibility of all individual parties if you're talking about facebook twitter snapchat you talk about the companies right what is the responsibility of the companies or their ceos their board the product managers what are they building what product are they building and what what impact is that product going to have in in the in the uh, in the society for the people who are going to use it and all those things also an involved party is the government how are you going to formulate laws and regulations for privacy of individuals because it's our data that is going to be precious for all these companies and what are they going to do with the data now there is also a thing that social media and all these major social media hype machine as sinan calls it has been has has opened its platform in such a way that rog entities have been able to play around with that and work with and and actually impact the election results and democratic process within countries now that's a problem how do you counter that yes at a time earlier when people had questions when it might be happening no one took an action but obviously now people have realized there is something that's happened and now more precautions have been taken so there is also going to be a responsibility on that level from the lawmakers but there's also a responsibility of people like us who consume or create so for me i create content on social media and i also consume content i in fact create more content than i consume but at that way also as a content creator what is my responsibility what as a content consumer or someone who can not just consume content also in a way make a content viral or be part of that virality of a content i could share it i could tell my people i could give it to my circles and everything and what is my responsibility there how should i be using it and i 
when i was reading the book one thing i realized as content creator there have been many many instances when i have not been very responsible i have created content that probably has created some kind of polarization now i do have a small following on social media about 300 um, 1000 followers on facebook about 100000 on youtube not not huge in in, in terms of many other uh content creators and influencers out there but even then you still have the power to influence a sizable number of people and then and if that something becomes viral that could reach much more people even though i have only 300000 uh, followers a recent video of mine was watched over a million views and uh, so obviously the even you even if your number of followers are less the views for your content could be could be more now coming coming to that what responsibility do we hold and that's a question that uh, that the the hype machine book as i was reading it that's a question that came to me and i think that's a question that i need to find an answer to an interesting thing again in the book was to look beyond the like button you know that like button is one thing that gives a dopamine rush to people when they see their likes increasing even if you as a content creator say that i am not bothered about like there are people who are going to be bothered about the likes that your content is going to get so when i create some content i get a lot more likes than some other content what i figured out is that if i talk about something that is controversial then i get more likes and obviously a lot of people in facebook there's no dislike so probably i don't really know uh, how much dislike i would get because maybe i would get more dislikes than likes in such cases but definitely i can from the comments understand that people are not not happy about it now if i say something else maybe something that's not controversial something i think this is some content that is really really good for people no one wants to watch it it's not fun no one takes it because it doesn't it gives them something but that's not what they're looking for and there are very less likes on that and then even if i say i don't care about the likes this is a content that uh, i wanted to just put it over there because i think it is going to benefit people people are going to come in and ask you what's problem with you why, why is it that your last content got a so got so much more likes than this content even if you're not bothered people will make sure that you bother about it you bother about the number of likes that you get somewhere so we have to start thinking about beyond the like button and at the end of the book sinan is asking what about if we put something like truth instead of like truth or knowledge like you have a piece of content you read something you watch something you listen something and you say this could be the truth this is the truth or you could say that no this is fake this is not right or then you have a button which says knowledge yes this is a great piece of knowledge now that gives us a much more better understanding about what the content is about if you have a content out there and you have 1000 knowledge button or knowledge likes or what do you call it knowledge uh, <laughs> flags on it then you obviously know that okay that is something that's going to help you gain knowledge so probably you would watch if you want to gain knowledge if something is fake obviously you're not going to watch right and something is about truth about fact you will see it so fundamentally we all want to ensure that we are 
watching what is true not watching what is fake and we are in the process trying to gain some knowledge but though we all think that's what we want that's not how we interact and react with social media because we are human so i think that was a was a fascinating piece of information and i'm probably going to think in that line on how i consume content and how i'm going to create content so personally for me how does i fit into the hype machine that's what is post reading exercise that i have as i navigate through social media now when i read this book during that time i also listened to a podcast on the journal which is a podcast by wall street journal where there was a there was an episode on instagram kids so instagram kids is what facebook is trying to do for kids less than 13 years and what the podcast tells us that though facebook is in the plan of introducing the instagram kids the lawmakers and a lot of people are not happy with it they are not happy because they don't think that kids age less than 13 should be allowed to use social media or it is going to benefit kids now obviously facebook uh, i'm not i'm not questioning facebook's in genuine intention to ensure that there is a safe social media space for kids but what they want is that if there is going to be a safe social media space tomorrow they want that space to be owned by them and that's what facebook is right they also want to make sure that as the old population on facebook like me who would probably get out of it after some time if we have a older facebook facebook for old people then i would probably move into that and but then facebook needs new recruits coming into their platform and one of the things that i have personally witnessed is that my 22 year old daughter does not use facebook she's on instagram not a, not much but she's more on twitter and then my 14 year old son he's not on facebook he's on instagram he's on tiktok so again facebook has more or less not the choice not the social media preferred social media choice for many of the kids instagram is so tomorrow there is a possibility that the next generation don't like instagram and they go into the instant snapchat or whatever other new tool is going to come up now that said what will companies like facebook do they want to ensure that they have enough recruits lined up for their platform so that's their part but people are not liking it people in the sense the lawmakers are not liking it there is letters going into facebook so that's what that journal podcast was and i think that's something that you should if you're listening to this podcast check that out not just this podcast but i think you can you can you should be a regular listener there as well so that's one i have not been watching a lot of original series on netflix or amazon for quite some time maybe a month or more the reason is i have got less time to watch movies right now and if it's a original series or a tv show it just goes on and on and on and i mean it's very difficult to finish that off and after some time it's just like you're living you're not even watching you're just living you're living with the characters in that and then you get bored but luckily 
in your real life if you get bored you can't do anything about it but here you can switch off and can stop watching that but you st- see that's interesting thing even watching a tv show watching a netflix original or an amazon original that you want to get out of even if you're not in that you cannot get out of it psychologically you're still okay you started this and you have this uh, panic attack when you think that you're not going to watch it or when you see all those you keep watching one season you're finished and then you see there is a third season coming in or the second season coming in and then you this is like a never ending thing but but i did start watching one limited series i should tell you and that limited series is the spy the spy by sasha baron cohen and when you start watching that the image that comes into your mind is borat and then over some time borat just just vanishes from your mind you don't even have the image of borat it is just kamel the character that sasha plays in the spy amazing amazing i have not finished it but uh, that's something that you should you should watch i really loved it now coming to our final part of the podcast which is on poetry what did i do on poetry so what happened is that since israel palestine issue is going on i wanted to read something not about the issue there or the history or anything like that i wanted to i wanted to see what has been written where they've connected mahmud darwish and uh, yehuda amichai so mahmud darwish is a palestinian poet or considered as a palestinian national poet and yehuda amichai is an israeli poet both of them are no more but both of them have i wanted to look at articles where they both have been mentioned and the israel palestine conflict has been mentioned and i saw this article on on guardian and in that the article starts with a quote and the quote is normal is an illusion what is normal for the spider is chaos for the fly by morticia adams and that quote was there in that article because the quote article was also talking about one specific poem of yehuda michai which is called wild peace and how we look at peace in a certain way and what happens to peace and what peace might be in that in the gaza would be different i think that's what at least i understood reading to that um, uh, uh, reading that particular article so let's get into the poem So first I'm going to read two poems today because I don't want to read Darwish alone or Amichai alone I want to read both the poets together uh, not together one after the other and uh, so I want you guys to focus be with me listen to me and uh, even if you don't like poetry just for today because this is very important that you listen to this So Mahmud Darwish born on 13th March 1941 and he died 9th august 2008 he was one of the most famous palestinian poet considered regarded as the palestinian national poet and he has won numerous awards for his work so the poem that i've selected of mahmud darwish is a poem called he is quiet and so am i so i'm going to read this poem please listen to it and i'm going to probably take a different tone 
than what has been my podcast tone so because i think i have to read it in a very different tone because to really enjoy or understand the poem and all those imagery between those lines so let's get started he's quiet and so am i he sips tea with lemon while i drink coffee what's the difference between us like me he wears a white striped shirt and like him i read the evening paper he doesn't see my secret glance i don't see his secret glance he's quiet and so am i he asked the waiter something i asked the waiter something a black cat walks between us i feel the midnight of its fur and he feels the midnight of its fur i don't say to him the sky today is clear and blue he doesn't say to me the sky today is clear he is watched and the one watching and i am watched and the one watching i move my left foot he moves his right foot i hum the melody of a song and he hums the melody of a similar song i wonder is he the mirror in which i see myself and turn to look in his eyes but i don't see him i hurry from the cafe i think maybe he is a killer or maybe a passerby who thinks i am the killer he's afraid and so am i that was a poem and if you really i don't know if i i did justice to how the poem should be read but when i read it and when i heard me read it one of the things that was so striking to me is that it's not just about palestine and israel or what happens in a cafe in the gaza area it's probably it's probably like most of us right we don't know because in in between us a lack of trust a fear some anxiety while we both look very similar to each other there is so much differences that is scattered around how how do we how do we navigate that gap how do we navigate that space the cat is able to walk in between us but we are not able to even take that distance and move towards the other person because when we move towards the other person it's considered threat what what is the way that we could escape that and this is not just there i think i think in all our lives we would come across a situation like this now next one that uh, uh next poem that i'm going to have is the same poem uh wild peace which i mentioned when i when i read the uh, quote for you so yehuda amichai he was born may 1924 may 3rd and he died september 22nd 2000 he was an israeli poet and uh, considered israel in israel and internationally as one of the greatest modern poets of israel and he has written two novels and several short stories and uh, he is considered to be one of the first to write in colloquial hebrew so this poem that i selected of his is wild peace and the interesting thing about the poem i will i'll read it so again i'll try to read in a i don't know if this is the tone that is needed for the 
for the poem but listen to the poem and then we'll we'll spend some time on it wild peace not the peace of a ceasefire not even the vision of the wolf and the lamb but rather as the heart when the excitement is over and you can talk only about a great weariness i know that i know how to kill that makes me an adult and my son plays with a toy gun that knows how to open and close its eyes and say mama a piece without the big noise of beating swords into plowshares without words without the thud of the heavy rubber stamp let it be light floating like lazy white foam a little rest for the wounds who speaks of healing and the howl of the orphans is passed from one generation to the next as in a relay race the pattern never falls let it come like wild flowers suddenly because a field must have it wild peace so that was yehuda michai's wild peace you know when you look at peace when you look at peace in gaza you if you're not living over there you would have a different impression different idea of it but what is it in yehuda's poem is that it is wild peace because it is that peace that doesn't come with a ceasefire it's a very different peace when when your heart is completely the excitement is over in your heart and you cannot talk about anything else other than a great weariness that uh, that you have you, you don't want that anymore it's a peace that comes with that not a peace that comes with ceasefire i don't know i think i think these two poems the only reason i wanted to read that to you is that we always look at conflicts of this sort by by really trying to understand what the history is because we all want to take sides whether we are a palestinian or a israeli or whether we consider our moral obligation to support one or the other because we are religiously connected to one or the other when we are looking at this from a very humane point what do you really want now it's not a question of who's right or wrong but you have people dying over there how do you how do you put a stop to that do they deserve that everyone in this world has deserves a right to have a peaceful existence and and it's not fair that some people some kid born in one part of the world cannot have peace like many of us have or our kids have it's unfair but how do we how do we how do we get to that point how do we how do we get to that point where where we can we can ensure that there is peace and that was probably the reason i wanted to read two poems because i think sometimes when there are conflict between two parties we should probably take the poets in those both sides because poets are the people who can see world beyond conflicts see the world without borders see the world not as people from a religion or a nation but people as human beings living on an earth the only place that we know where human beings or any life form can exist at least to our knowledge and so i think i think it, it is very important for us to read poems 
and in con- in times of conflict read poems and uh, that is why i wanted to bring this across to you and that brings us to the end of the podcast and it's been a long podcast not the 6 minute 7 minute solo rant i did it's a it's a very long solo rant and uh, if you're still with me because i know a lot of people would have dropped in between if you're still with me i want to give you another thank you because i really appreciate you taking the effort taking those precious time from your life and giving it giving the year to me so that i could share some of the learnings that i had in the past week i'm going to continue doing this every week this podcast would be published every monday at 3 am pacific time that's my time i record it on a sunday and then i'll have it available on the monday so tune in for the next one and uh, again it's not necessary that there is the only thing i can guarantee is that there is going to be poem one poem or two poem uh, at the end of it to end the podcast but before that there might be movies there might be books it all depends on what comes to me in one week because every week is quite different i have absolutely no clue what question will be thrown at me next week so till then be content be pen positive and send me a message at penpositive@gmail.com follow me at penpositive at on instagram or facebook or twitter wherever it is i'm not very active in those places but still send me because that's one way that you can reach out to me and uh, stay safe because we live in a time when we have to we have to take care of each other and be safe and uh, we can only get out of this covid pandemic together and not as an individual or as a as a small group or family or a nation we can only get out of it as an entire species so stay safe stay masked up and please please be kind thank you